Hey, this is Jack Rogers. Hello, this is Olivia Valerio. This is Chris Hughes. This is Abby Bennett. Hi, this is Mike Kinsler, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch with Bob Fredette and Tom Hall of Fame Haley. Play ball! The Rutland Herald's local sports podcast. Brought to you by our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together. Here they are, Bob Fredette and Tom Haley. Okay, hey, welcome back to Inside Pitch. I'm Bob Fredette here, of course, with Tom Haley, George Nostrin, our engineer, and our guest today, Sean Bendig, who is the owner-operator of both an indoor golf course and an outdoor golf course, Stonehenge. You know it well if you're from the Rutland area and probably beyond. And he's also the Mill River Girls soccer coach. He's a busy guy, and he's going to be getting on a bus as soon as we get him out of here. So we're going to go right through this here today. So welcome, Sean. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, and first of all, you know, tell us, you know, uh, let's, let's go right to the soccer season. How's the soccer season going for you? It's, uh, you know, if, if you look at our record, um, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a struggle. But the, the thing that I told the girls at the beginning of the season was that um, I knew going in we had an extremely tough schedule. We're a D3 school. We just right. moved down to D3. Um, but we're playing uh, exclusively D1 and D2 competition. Right. Um, so I told the girls that, that what, what I wanted to do in terms of measuring success had nothing to do with, with our record. Uh, it had everything to do with our attitude, our work rate, um, and, and in terms of, you know, measuring success in that way, I, I think that, that we've had an extremely successful season. You know, coming in as a new coach with some new ideas, um, you know, it's been a bit of a transition for the girls. But I think that they've, uh, they've acclimated to a lot of things that I've asked them to do um, very well. Uh, and I think that even though, you know, we're taking our lumps right now against some very difficult competition, um, the thing that I keep trying to um, – trying to encourage them with is that I think it's going to pay um, much larger dividends when we get to the end of the season and we get into the playoffs. Uh, I think that we could we could su- uh, surprise some people oh, yeah. um, if you know we continue growing, continue developing the way that we have. I but, think it's exciting that uh, Vermont being such a small state, usually when you get to the postseason, there's all this familiarity with your opponents. It's almost like an extension of the regular season. This is kind of exciting. The Mill River's going into the playoffs, and no matter who they've seen or how far you go, it's going to be a first-time opponent. That that that's kind of exciting to me. No, it's it's that's a very good point. Uh, even you know from when I coached down in Connecticut, I mean it wasn't unusual for a lot of my son's teams to see in the semifinals, state semifinals, teams that they'd already played. You know, two, three times in the regular right. season and postseason competition. Um, yeah, we're not gonna. We haven't played a single D three team all season. D three or D four or D four. Yeah. Um, so to your mm-hmm. point, I mean, it's going to be the first time we've seen a lot of these teams. But as I keep telling the girls, it's going to be the first time they see us as well. Now, yeah. as we're getting closer and closer to the last day of regular season, I guess it's October nineteenth. Weeks to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you kind of yeah. starting to yeah. look at these, the teams in D3 and get a feel for them, or, or are you too busy for that? No, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said I didn't check the, the VPA rankings on right. an occasional basis. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 now, am I going to have the opportunity to, you know, to go out and see some of these teams play? I mean, that's unlikely. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's 
I'm, I'm trying to keep a pulse on what's going out there. I mean, there, there are some very good teams at the top of the, oh, yeah. the D3 mm-hmm. uh, rankings yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Peoples, Thetford, Stowe. I mean, what, what, what I can do, and sometimes this, this, this works for you, sometimes it can get away from you as well. You can try and find light competition. Um, you know, they, some of those teams have played, you know, the Middlebury's. Um, right. They played Otter Valley, Fairhaven. So, I mean, you can, you know, perhaps draw something off of that. Um, you know, and, and I, the, the, the thing that I've seen, you know, within the Marble Valley League, I mean, there, there's a lot of exchange of information there as well. So, I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, I could reach out to, you know, one of my fellow coaches and, you know, perhaps, you know, get a little bit of insight on some of the teams that we haven't seen before. So. Right. One you know, thing I noticed in D3, you said you'd be checking the standings. I have, too. There's no team that is unbeatable. Uh, nobody in D3 is undefeated. Nobody in D3 has just one loss. Every single team has at least two losses. So, I mean, possibly, if you, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but just maybe the D3 is wide open. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from, again, not having played against D3 competition, I can't speak to, to teams, and, and you know, specifically. But um, from what I've seen just amongst the teams that we played D1, D2, um, there's an incredible amount of parity. I mean, right. in terms of soccer, you know, from a Vermont standpoint, at least, you know, the teams that we've seen. Is it is it depth that's the biggest difference between D3 and D2 or D1? I mean, I, I I think so. You know, I mean, like, you know, when we play Rutland, Burn, Burn, Middlebury, we play Hartford today. Um, you know, you're t- th- th- those are they're, they're teams that have programs that have, you know, anywhere from 30, 40, 60 kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have depth. And I, I think the thing that ab- above and beyond just the sheer numbers that, that work to their advantage um, when you have kids that, that, that are in a program like that, I just think it, it, it sort of breeds competition. There's a, an, a level of intensity that, that just comes to their practices that, as a coach, you don't necessarily need to manufacture. When you've got a group of 21 girls that span, you know, ninth grade all the way through 12th, mm-hmm. you have to do things, I mean, to try and motivate them, to get, to get them working at a level that, that they may not be normal, they, they may not be accustomed to working at. Because, again, I mean, you're, you know, you're, not, you're not taking, you're not handpicking the best 15, 16 girls from the school. Um, you're taking, you know, every girl that basically signed up to play soccer. Yeah. And, but, but that's cool, too. I mean, I, I'm... I'm I mean, I, I enjoy focusing on, you know, the technical aspect of the game. And, um, you know, there are girls that are fairly new to the game, and, that, and that's, that's neat. And, and, and it's been, I think it's been, it's been interesting, a, a very interesting experience for some of the older players on our team as well. I mean, I was very impressed with how, you know, the nine seniors that we have on the team, um, they've been incredibly accommodating to the ninth graders that are on the team, very supportive. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's cool stuff to see. Mm, nice. Now, I want to ask you this because we seem to be getting into this situation more commonly now that when teams are switching divisions, you're still kind of geographically landlocked. Yeah. Would you prefer to, to, to have a, more of a travel schedule and to play more Division three teams? I mean, I, I personally would, but I understand the challenges that are there. Um, you know, I mean, it, it presents an issue in terms of, you know, much longer bus rides, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which has 
obviously some financial impact to some of these schools. Um, and, you know, just in terms of the whole, you know, at the end of the day, these girls are student athletes and, and we, want them, right. we want them in school as much as possible. So like, you know, today, um, our game in Hartford, I mean, they're being dismissed at quarter past one. I mean, so right, right. so there, there are challenges that are there, but I mean, just looking at it purely from a, a soccer perspective, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to play, I mean, a schedule, I mean, that was more, I guess, representative of the teams that we would be competing against. Um, now, is some of that because you were slotted into D3 too late to tweak the schedule? Because... Because there are some D3 schools that aren't a universal way, like Green Mountain, uh, White River Valley, yeah. uh, you know, and I know I'm missing some, but there, there are some D3 schools that you could play oh, with a huge travel. Bellows Falls, Leland, and Gray. Right, right. Um, I mean, we did have a scrimmage against, you know, a very strong Proctor program. They're D4, but, right. I, mean, they're, I mean, they're undefeated this year. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was a timing thing, as, yeah. as I understand it. Um, you know, when I spoke to the AD, um, you know, because I, you know, the first thing you do is you look at your schedule, and it was a bit of a head-scratcher for me. And when I reached out to our, AD, our AD, she explained to me that it was a timing thing, that the, I guess the decision to re-slot Mill River, the girls' team, into, into the, D, into the, the, the D3 um, area, that the schedule was pretty much fully baked, so... Mm-hmm. We didn't have the luxury of being able to really do much with that. Um, now, with that said, you know, hopefully next year, uh, the year, you know, right. years past that, if 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 we're going to stay in that division, I mean, we can we can obviously um, take that into consideration and not run into the same issue that we had this year. And, and I'm guessing that you wouldn't mind keeping a few ones and twos because that only hardens you for the tournament. I, mean, I agree. I mean, we played yeah. you know we played Rutland very tough at Alumni you Field did. last yeah. week. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, that our speed caught them a little by surprise. Um, I mean, we try and be a very uh, possession-oriented team. Um, but to Bob's point, I mean, they, they wore us down. Um, mm. but to me, I mean, the, the biggest thing that you see, the biggest difference that you see here in Vermont between a D3 team and a D1 team, above and beyond just the talent pool, uh, it's the level of physicality. Right. Um, at, at the D3 level, I mean, Rutland is a very physical team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they play within, you know, the, the rules of the game and what everything that they do, I mean, is totally above board. It caught our girls up, a little off guard. We hadn't played against a team other than maybe Burn Burton that was quite as physical, um, you know, in terms of attacking every 50-50 ball, immediately applying pressure to someone that had the ball. Um, so their decision making, we looked just a touch slow, and I think we looked just a, a little bit intimidated by by Rutland's aggression and their speed of play. But um, to your point, I mean that that you know, raising the bar by yeah. by playing a team like that. I mean, it, even though the girls may not see it, you know, at the end of the game with a loss, I mean, I think it pays dividends long term. Right. Hmm. Right. Now, we've both seen your team, and uh, I, I like some of the things I saw from your kids when I saw them play. I think I believe it was Woodstock that you played. Yeah, and that was, you know, you, you saw one of our better games of the year. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that, well, you, you are a control passing team, yeah. but you, well, I'll tell you what, you know, with those track stars you've got up front, <laughs> you know, kick and run, and, and that stuff works, you know. It does. And at least to stretch out the defenses and to get the other team thinking about it. Are you tempted to use that very much? 
we, you know, it, it's what I tell the girls that, that play up top as attackers for us or as midfielders that are looking to distribute the ball and get the ball up top for us. You know, I basically tell them, you know, take what the defense is giving us. I mean, if, like, we played uh, Otter Valley a couple weeks ago, very good game. Tom was there, um, played to a double overtime tie. They played stopper sweeper. So you don't really have the advantage of being able to play a lot of those deep balls, you know, directly, you know, towards the goal. So I told the girls, I mean, you know, look, we're going to have to possess more, try and work the corners, mm-hmm. try and serve balls in from the sides. And, and we did an exceptional job of that. Two of the four goals that we scored came out of play like that that was more built up. Um, the first time we played Woodstock, the game that you were at, Bob, um, they played a very high, flat line. And the girls recognized that, and they took advantage of that by splitting defenders, hitting through balls. And, and to your point, I mean, we used our, our foot speed to just – you know, beat people to the ball, and we, we got a couple of nice shots off. So, I mean, that's that's one of the neat things about this team. I mean, I don't know that we, you know, we're not a kick-and-run style team. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that we, we, we try and possess the ball more and control mm-hmm. possession. Um, but when we have to, um, with the speed that we have, um, you know, we can, we can play that style as well. Yeah, the, the speed is exceptional. We got the... the I think probably three of the four members of the state championship relay team are, are, correct, are on yeah. your soccer team, and uh, and I, I just think you know the team has some potential when you get down and play with your your own you know D three level after the regular season is over. I I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'm I mean I'm excited about what you can do. I am too. It, yeah. But as I said, the, the challenge is not letting the girls get, you know, so overly consumed with accumulating losses. Yeah, the record. You, know, you, you, you yeah. look at our you look at our record. Yeah. You know, and you know, and it, it, is it where you know everybody would like it to be? No, absolutely not. But you know, the effort's been there. Um, you know, the the thing that I told them yesterday, we played Woodstock. You know, home and away, we played Woodstock away. I guess it was this past weekend. It was not our best game. I mean, it was a Woodstock team that we had beaten previously, um, and we let things get out of control. The, the thing that, that our team needs to do is that they need to really play as a team. We don't have, you know, the individual talent um, that some of these other programs do. So when we play as a cohesive unit, 11 people all on the same page, being positive, um, we can do some damage. Right. We let things get a little away from us in, in, in the Woodstock game, and, that, and that's something that, that – that, I very quickly pointed out after the game. I mean, when when we play as a team, we're we're a very strong group of group of girls. We're a very good soccer team, um, but it's 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 been. I know it's been frustrating for them because it's it's you know it's difficult for a, a high school kid not to look at your record and and use that as sort of the litmus test. For- Hi, this is Sean Bendig, varsity girls soccer coach at Mill River Union High School, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. Brought to you by our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together. You know, it's difficult for a, a high school kid not to look at your record and, and use that as sort of the litmus test for how Well, that, you know, that happens, and yeah. in, in, in not only with high school. It can even happen at a higher level. I see a Castleton university football team that's 0-4 that I think can win their league. They haven't played a league game yet. The league is weak, and I had a talk with the coach. He's saying the same thing, but we got to keep them 
yeah. excited, and that's my job as a coach. Yep. Uh, you know, because um, you know they play they play their first league game on uh, October twelfth, and and they, he's got to get them into believing that hey, we're zero and zero, and it's a new season, even though they're zero and four. And I, I guess that kind of is uh, analogous to your situation. No, it is. It is. It, it's you know that that's probably it's been the biggest challenge as a coach that, that that I've had with this team. I mean, as the season's gone on, you know, and and we've continued to play very difficult competition. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's I, I have to try and pick out. I mean, you know, the highlights of every game, um, and and make the girls understand that we did some things. You know, we grew. I mean, we de- were developing, mm-hmm. and there were there were parts of a game even that we lost. That they should take away and build from uh, as we go into the next contest. There are some things maybe that we didn't do so well that we have to have you know short-term memory on. But um, no, I, 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 you know, is it an ideal schedule? Absolutely not. But um, I, I think it, it could be, as I said, when we get to the playoffs. What would you like to see your? What would you like to see the kids really develop a little bit more before you get to the playoffs? I mean, really teamwork. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, when you have, you know, as many kids, you know, that again, that span age groups, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's different levels of maturity. Um, it, it's remaining focused and, and working as a team and, and not, you know, getting, you know, I guess overly consumed with, um, you know, the losses that, that have been you know, piling up, so to speak, that, that's, that's the thing that I'd like to see them do. Um, I'd like to see us you know, continue developing, uh, continue working hard in practice um, with you know, the eye on the prize, and that prize being um, a playoff berth. Um, you know, and and, I, and I've, I've been very candid. I've been very frank with them. I mean, the reality of the situation is, is that you know, while I think that we could have a very strong playoff run, I mean, we're going to have a very low seed going into oh, the playoffs. Oh, no question. You know, You'll so see a good opponent off the bat. We're going to be traveling somewhere, and we're going right. to be playing against, you know, one of the top three, four seeds in, D th- in D3. But, you know, it is what it is. Buy into the it, excitement it, it, of trying to shock the world. Oh, Absolutely. Victory over Stowe would go a long way now, wouldn't yeah, it? Would. <laughs> yeah, it would. I'll take yeah. a victory over anybody. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked a lot about your speed. Uh, My speed? I was kind of fast. <laughs> no, well, you're close. I'm thinking we're going to get there. I'm going to talk you're not, about. You're not getting out of here alone. You're very, we're going to get there. You're very close. I'm going to talk about the person standing next to you. She was pretty fast when she played. Uh, what about Emma Weatherhog? And, and and how much of a help has she been? And 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 what is her role? I mean, she's my. She's more than just my assistant coach. I mean, she. Uh, you know, I mean. So truth be told, I mean, this is my first experience coaching girls. I mean, from, you know, for an entire season start to finish. My 15, 16, 17 years of coaching, I mean, was exclusively with boys. Right. Um, And I think I went into it a little naive. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Coaching girls is is, significantly different than than coaching boys. Everybody everybody Um, says that, yeah. And, and. When I first accepted the job, uh, Kim Maneri, the, the AD at Mill River, I mean, she very strongly suggested that that I look for an assistant that was a female. Right. And um, and 
and she actually brought you know Emma to my attention. Emma had reached out to her and expressed interest in coaching. As you mentioned, she was a she's a Mill River alumni, so she knows the school, she knows the program. She knew a lot of the girls there because right. she used to she used to coach the middle school program. So now she's been Is she she's in the been, building also? Yeah, she's a, a speech pathologist. Okay, so at, that's a plus. Yeah, for the for the Mill River Supervisory Union. She spends most of her time at the high school, but I believe um, some of her time is shared at, at um, North Clarendon Elementary as okay. well. But no, she's fantastic. I mean, you know, she's um, she was a very good soccer player, you know, in her own time when she played there. Um, you know, so having someone that, 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 you know, I can, you know, have go out on the field and demonstrate to the girls – um, you know, moves, faints, what have you. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a huge plus. Um, yeah, and, she's, and she's a fantastic per- person above and beyond that. We've gotten, well, we've gotten along together, I mean, very well. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and she helps, I think, translate some of the things that, that I say to the girls and vice versa. <laughs> there's, uh, suffice it to say that there's a lot more emotion um, <laughs> That, that goes along with, with a, a girls' soccer team, at least yep. from my, my, my individual experience. Um, you know, when I coach boys, I mean, there could be a, a dust-up and, you know, by the end of practice, they're high-fiving and driving home with each other. Right, right. With girls, those types of situations tend to – they last more than just a practice. It can go <laughs> a couple of practices, a couple of weeks. Um, but it's, it's – um, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, 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 I missed coaching. I mean, I'd been away from it for about right. five years when, since I moved back up here to, to Vermont. And, um, I got back into officiating high school games and really enjoyed that. was really impressed by the level of um, the caliber of officials that Vermont has here. Um, but when, when Mill River reached out to me about you know, applying for the job, I, I mean, I was torn. I mean, I knew it was going to be a, a significant drain on my time. Right. But uh, I was really looking forward to working with the kids again. And this has been, I mean, you know, independent of our record. I mean, it's been it's been a fantastic experience. I mean, great kids, um, you know, great school. I mean, being able to go back and coach at my, my own oh, yeah. high school, it's been, it's been, yeah. it's been awesome. Now, that brings up a, another question. From being an official, yeah. is there a carryover? I mean, do you see the game in a way that, that might be advantageous to you? In coaching, uh, by seeing it from a different perspective, what about coaching and anything that carries over to, I mean, officiating and anything that might carry over to coaching? I think so. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, when, as an official, I mean, you have to be hyper-focused right. on, on, you know, on the laws of the game, on the rules mm-hmm. of the game. Um, so, I mean, I think that, that, I mean, as a coach, well, let me let me tell you this. I mean, before I started officiating, I was probably a lot harder on officials than I am now. Um, after having officiated, but once now, in a while, I've seen. Oh yeah, okay, go well, on. hey, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta hold them accountable. I mean, that's, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's it's. Um, I, I think it helps. I mean, I know that that before I officiated, I mean, I'd, I'd have players, you know, approaching me about questions about. You know, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? And you know, I'd have to basically tell them, hey, let me get back to you on that. And, and um, even though I'm not, I'm not, I haven't. This is my first year away from officiating, and she's probably you know 14, 15 years. Um, I still, t- I still stay on top of the, the rules and, right. and the modifications to it. I mean, I think it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's definitely. I mean, an added advantage. I mean, to have. 
that level of experience as your, yep. you know, as a coach. Okay. Now, now we're gonna dig into your past here a little bit. Oh we were speculating. Were you on Jack Filio's championship team at Mill River? I was not. The but you I, played for Jack. I played for Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jack's actually he's a customer of mine at at, at the Indoor Golf Center. He, uh -huh. Yeah, he and uh, a couple of the. Uh, the older faculty members that were at Mill River when I was there, they come in from, from time to time. But, yeah, I, I played for Jack. I graduated in 83, and I believe the state championship team was 80. They went to the state championship in 85. I can't remember if they won that year or it was the year after. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it was okay. a, it was And a then the handball, Montpelier handball, that was – no, that was later. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay, how has the game changed? And not not so oh, much of like the number of kids, but you know, is has the game changed a lot since then? Radically. I mean when, when we played, I mean we were a bunch of raw athletes. <clears throat> I mean it was soccer was something to do in in the fall. It was the only sport that Mill River right. had unless you wanted to play um, unless you wanted to run track, which I wasn't really built for that. Um, so it, it, it's it's become a much more technical game. Um, you just, I mean, there, there's so much more of an emphasis and access, I mean, to, to, to developing uh, soccer players now. I mean, when, when I was growing up as a kid, I mean, you didn't have, um, you know, youth soccer programs. Um, your, your soccer experience was pretty much limited to, you know, some kids getting together and throwing a ball out in the backyard. That was about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and now you have, you know, programs here in Vermont like Summit and, and all the programs they have up in, in Burlington, the program Fusion out of, um, out of uh, Weston. But above and beyond those club teams, I mean, now you have, you have, you know, town youth programs. I mean, so it's, it's there's much more access to the game. Mm -hmm. and, and I think because of that, I mean, the, the, the people that you see the kids that you see coming into programs, even like you know Mill Rivers, which is is obviously on, on, on a much smaller scale, you see kids coming in with with much better fundamental skills, much better technical skills than what we ever, what I ever possessed when I played, and and I think I could probably speak for most of the other guys that were on our team. We were, I mean, Jack ran us. I mean, we were freak <laughs> athletes yeah. that yeah. could run with anybody, mm -hmm. but I mean, you know. A give and go was probably like the the extent of our our offensive strategy. I mean, it was there just wasn't we lacked so much technical experience that you know for Jack or any other coach to try and teach you like the tactical aspects of the game, our heads would have just exploded. <laughs> the game has changed. Yeah, you talk. Hey, here's how old I am. The fall of 1964, the first year they ever had throw-ins. Think Correct. about that. Wow. They used to put the ball on the line, and you had to wait for a whistle and then kick it after it went out of bounds. Yeah, the Cephala 64 was the first year wow. for throw-ins. I mean, everything I've seen, you know, I, I've been around the game for, I mean, 45 years now. And, you know, everything to me, you know, is trending in the right direction. You know, and hopefully, I mean, you know, you're going to, as, as a country, I mean, we're going to see that pay dividends with right. stronger U.S. men's national teams. I mean, you know, look at what we're doing on the women's side of the game. Um, we have to make sure that, that that translates on the men's side. From a high school perspective, the thing I would like to see, I still think that why the National High School Federation, um, you know, can't just simply adopt a more FIFA-like rule structure is, is a bit of a head-scratcher for me. And I'll give you a perfect mm -hmm. example. 
um, the substitution rules oh, right. that, that are specific to the high school game. To me, they're just archaic. I mean, if the game is about the kids and you're looking to get kids on and off the field as easily as possible, right. then why not just go to a FIFA dead ball substitution policy? Right yeah. now, I can send a kid up to, up to the touchline, and they can stand there four or five minutes oh, yeah. before they even mm-hmm. get an opportunity to get right. into the game mm-hmm. because it doesn't meet the high school criteria right. for my team to substitute. Um, to me, that's my, my biggest qualm with... That would uh, be a, that would be game. a great idea. Yeah. A great a great change. Yeah, I mean you can't adopt full FIFA. I mean cuz you I mean they have the, you know, the limited substitutions and whatnot, but um, just make it a, you know. Yeah. What about drop balls? Yeah, they 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 continue to tweak those. Um, you know, I, I have no problem with what the I mean, they just—they made some modifications to, to drop balls going into the season. I have no problem with that. Right. I guess my other knock against the, the the high school rules changes it would be the, you know, and this is coming more from my my experience as an official. I mean, they they turn you into the uniform police. I mm. mean, it's it's oh, you know the so jewelry and the the, the jewelry. I understand. I mean, that's, that's a safety yeah. issue. But I mean, what was it? Two years ago, they flip flopped, and we went from. Home teams being white now, home teams oh. have to be dark, and right. and you can't have. I mean, here here's here's one for you. The high school rule book says that that the opposing goalkeepers can't wear the same color socks. Oh, wow! <laughs> and I once asked the gentleman, our our rules interpreter in Connecticut. I'm like, why? He's like, well, if they were to get close together you know as an official don't you look at the socks to kind of determine one opponent versus the other i said not really (laughs) i said but when are two goalkeepers going to be that close yeah. to one another yeah. on yeah. a soccer field that yeah. I'm going to need to use their socks? I'm not to sure I've seen that in a situation <laughs> where that's happened. And I'm not going to name any names, but one of my first years here, Refn and and uh, in Vermont, one of the one of my partners, he actually made one of the one of the uh, I think it was the visiting team's goalie changed his socks. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think it's it sets the wrong tone. I mean, you know, right. as an official, you want to keep the kids safe. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, you want them going out on the field looking somewhat consistent. But I think some of the, the, the uniform policies that they just continue to adapt year in, year out, it gets to be a little tedious. That's not I, a change yeah. where it counts right there. <laughs> no, it's just it's that, change that for would, the sake of change. That, that, right, know, right. That, that seems kind of silly. I like having – I like the idea of having the, the home fans and the home team – have the color yeah. instead of the white. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I have no I, problem with it. It was yeah. just, I mean, I, I think that that you know it created a little bit of a buzz, and you know, for a year or two, I mean, there were. Well, I know for the first year there were teams that were that were forgetful and they were showing up with the wrong uniforms, and but it is what it is. Okay, well, we're running out of time, so I just want to ask you about today's game with Hartford. What are you looking yeah. for today? Well, a better result than we had when we played them at home. Um, they're a good team. I mean, I'd put them pretty much on par with um, the Woodstock program that we split with. Mm-hmm. Um, our first game, it got it got it got away from us. Uh, at the time, our starting goalkeeper was injured during warmups. We threw a backup in at the last moment, which is very very difficult. I mean, this girl went into the game thinking she was playing defense, and literally 50 seconds before we take the field, she's throwing gloves on. Mm-hmm. She got. She got injured in the game, and we had to go with an emergency goalkeeper. So it wow. was, it was, uh, 
it was just a series of events that 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 made that game even more complicated than it should have been. And I think you know it. I believe the score was like six one seven one. Um, you know, in reality, you know, some of those goals, you know, were probably a little on the soft side. Yeah. Um, we have our starting goalkeeper back. She's young. Um, she hasn't had a lot of game experience because of the injuries and that she sustained this year. But um, she should she should give us a, a a lot more strength going into this game. Um, we're trying to we're actually moving some some kids around in an effort to uh, try and improve our goal scoring. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's and again, I mean, I'm 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 less less interested in in the score and the outcome. Um, as much as just feeling like the, the, the girls are continuing to develop. And um, that, that's what we're looking for today. It'd be nice to get them a little, a little more excited before the playoffs come around. So Absolutely. You know, sure. we've, and yeah. and the, the, the latter part of our schedule is probably a little bit easier than, than, than it was out of the gate. Um, we have Fairhaven twice, and they're, and they're having a, a phenomenal season yeah. this year. Um, we have Otter Valley at home uh, that we played very, very tough uh, at their place. Uh, Brattleboro. Uh, it's the last D1 team that we have. They come to our place, and I think there's another game in there that I'm, I'm forgetting. But, um, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, just l looking at those teams, looking at, at the remainder of our schedule. I mean, if we could come out of the, the balance of our schedule, you know, 500 in those games, I'd be extremely happy because those, those, are, those are strong teams that we're going to be going against. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, we're at the end of the half an hour, which is stretched a little bit beyond, but that's great. We've been ha having a great time talking uh, soccer with Sean Bendig. We really appreciate you taking time to, to, to show up here. And, no, it's a pleasure. Here, so. Thank, thanks for having me. So, uh, so and again, uh, you know, maybe you can go out and see that Mill River game today. And in, in any event, you know, Mill River's got an entertaining team. They're better than the record. Go out there and give them a shout. You know, kids can use some support, but they're believe me, that's a team that could make some noise in the playoffs. So... Uh, until next time, I'm Bob Fredat here on Inside Pitch with Tom Haley, George Nostrin. Uh, thanks again to Sean Bendig, our guest, and uh, go see some games. We'll see you next week. Hey, this is Jack Rogers. Hello, this is Olivia Valerio. This is Chris Hughes. This is Abby Bennett. Hi, this is Mike Kinsler, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch with Bob Fredat and Tom Hall of Fame Haley. Play ball! The Rutland Herald's local sports podcast. Brought to you by... Our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together.